So for reals, for reals, like thanks for making the time. I know you're a busy, busy man. So oh man, I'm super honored to be here. When yeah. you told me you were doing this, I uh I mean I love this type of stuff. I mean, normally I'm watching someone else and learning. So yeah, sure. this yeah. is this is great. Yeah, no, and so first episode, so definitely I was like, man, I just kind of want to kick this off with a bang. I was like, who do I want to talk? And so, anyways, I just wanted to bring you on because like so Obviously, this is like the first, for the record, this is the first time we've actually met in person, correct? Yes. And we've been working for, since March of last year. So March going, of last year. Yeah, so a year and a year and few months and that we're now meeting. So, but our relationship, this relationship goes back a little bit farther than that. So how did you meet Alan, who owned the roofing business before I did? Or how did that kind of kick off with you and him? So Alan and I, um, Alan and I met... I, I really feel like when we were both kind of like building our businesses. Mm. So we were in a um, we were in a business networking group together or, originally. And so that's like um, for I think most people know, like a B&I group or okay. a tips yeah. group. So we would come together. It's one of those things you come together once a week, you talk business, you exchange ideas and, and um, clients try to learn something. We're always constantly trying to learn something. And so, yeah, him and I met, I mean, at this time, I would, I would have to go back and say 15 years ago, I, I, I think when we were just both building our business and uh, sharing referrals and just kind of building that trust factor. Yeah, so 15 years ago. So that was before A&A was even born. So you've known him before he even started a and I actually even knew him, yeah, even, pri even prior a, yeah. to, to oh. that. And um, But it's just one of those things. Like, I'm always talking with people. In fact, I just, I just gave this talk to a younger person um, like two days ago. And it's that whole thing of trust and confidence. You know, trust and confidence... And that builds up over time, you know, time and commitment. It just doesn't happen overnight. Um, and so it was one of those things where, like, between him and I, like, you know, if I called, he always knew he was, you know, going to have a good job or get paid. And then at the same time, he was just one of those guys that always did what he said he was going to do. And if and he I mean, he just added a ton of value to our business. Yeah, for sure. Which and you which you've done too, which isn't easy to do. Like uh, like I mean, I got to tell you, like that's not super easy to do, but I think that speaks volumes to the fact that you and I have met for the first time today, but we've probably done 20, 30 transactions mm -hmm. to together. Um, but we already have a trust factor. I mean, because it's it's kind of rare actually. So this speaks to you. It's kind of rare that someone would transition or take over. Um, a company and do as good or better of a job. So no, thank, I appreciate thank you. Thank that. you yeah. for that. No, I mean, that's I a huge, that. that's a huge, you know, that's a huge help for us. Yeah, I remember the first job, the first time ever we ever did for you was the one off of Court Street, um, whatever that, right, just passing the Pizza Hut the on the left-hand <laughs> side right <laughs> yeah, there, that little, exactly. it was that partial roof that had just got done. Yeah. And I remember you texted like, hey, I just have this roof. Can you go check it out? And I was like, oh. Hey, let's go. You know, so <laughs> I go out there and I like texted you like the price or whatever. I was like, I'll send you a bit. He's like, nope, just get it on the schedule. I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, <laughs> that, we did the job and like literally like a week later we got paid. I was like, all right, like I really like this landscape. You know, no. it, was, it was one of those things. No, so. that's awesome. But I think too, you know, I mean, I felt too like if Alan trusted you in that environment, I I was going to too, and and um, it didn't take long for you to prove that 
you know, prove that that to be true. Yeah. Well, no, I appreciate it for sure. So Lance, so who is Lance Kenmore? I mean, you know, you hear and it's like I was telling my buddy, I was like, Yeah, we're recording with, with Lance, and he's like, Oh, the Kenmore team. He's like, yeah, how do you know him? He's like, dude, you have you listened to the radio? It's like, you know, it's like, how can you not? <laughs> so like, but like when people think of Lance Kenmore, like what 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 do you do? What's kind of like your your background? I know you you the Canmore team and Canmore property, and then you do yeah. your own flips and, and stuff yeah. like that. So tell us a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you know, I think you know, in the community, we're we're probably best known as you know as a real estate company, and you know, originally started as a singular real estate agent, and then kind of you know, I was in a fortunate spot where the industry. You know, 15 years ago, the industry was starting to change dramatically, and I think it's about to go through another change like that again. But I was I was in a great spot um, to be able to implement some new strategies in Tri Cities, and so that that helped us a lot. Uh, before that, though, I do think it's important. Like, if somebody asks, like, who I am, like, I mean, for me. Um, you know, I'm a husband to Karen. So number one, I operate the company with my wife. And so she's, um, she probably should be the one doing the show, but she refuses to be, um, on those type of things. That's why she said sure. she married me. <laughs> um, and so, but she runs a lot of our back end and stuff. And then I'm a father to two amazing kids, Mason and Mia. And then, you know, and then we start to layer in some of these other things right. like real, real estate agent and stuff. And so, yeah, so we run a we run a residential real estate sales team, um, and then we run a property management um, company managing hundreds of rentals here, you know, here in our our local market. And so, yeah, it's just been it's been great to grow with the community, and we've just kind of built that up into a high functioning real estate team. So prior to you know, 15 years ago, there, there really wasn't the team concept wasn't here in Tri-Cities in real estate. And so I was traveling to, you know, I was traveling to seminars and I was going to California a lot and networking with other real estate agents and then going to the East Coast. And we just saw that that was kind of the future of where the market was evolving to give the highest level of customer service. And so we spent a lot of time in those other markets, figuring out what people did, how they structured their teams. And we just kind of started to bring that growth back to our team in the Tri-Cities and then grew that out to where, where we are today. Nice. And then you guys, you guys just got that building. I mean, brand new building, like what, two, three years ago? How old is it? Yeah. So that building is um, two years old. And Beautiful. so it was, thank you. It was kind of... It was one of those things you kind of dream about, right. you know, it was like, it was like, man, I, you know, I rented for a number of years and it was one of those things like, man, if I ever get a large enough team and cash flow and, and enough saved up, if I could build a real estate office from scratch, like this is what I would want it to be. And so we were, we were just, we were in a great spot. The team was growing, the market had been growing. And so, uh, we love that area of town, kind of that central business corridor yep. there. And, and then at the same time, it's about people and relationships, right? And so, you know, we were, we were networking and I had become personal friends with, um, another, um, Tri-City Titan, uh, Trini Garibay, uh, with elite construction. Mm -hmm. That's who you should have on the show as well, man. 
And so we had partnered up and Trini just said, hey, why don't we build some buildings um, right there, you know? And I said, dude, I, we shouldn't do that. I can't afford that. And, <laughs> and he's like, well, what if we built it together and um, developed the project together? And so I love being around people that challenge you like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, that's a great, that's a great idea. And so we were able to put a partnership together to purchase the land and and made it feasible when I, there's no way I could have done that on my own. Right. And so really fun to have a partner like that. And um, they delivered just an incredible product. And I just feel super honored that they were able to build our building when we did. So, yeah. And so it's not just the Kenmore building. So it's also those like the buildings right next to you guys as well. Yeah. So that oh, was, wow, I didn't that, know that. So that was the joint project. And so, um, so like how we did it is we, it was one piece of land that couldn't work. And this happens a lot in real estate. So the, the singular piece of land was too much for me to take down on my mm -hmm. own. Um, but Trini said, okay, we can take it down together. Then we can redevelop the site, split it into two lots, build the buildings at the same time, save on a lot of costs. And then when we, at the end of the project, then split it up. So where I had my building and he had, um, his company had him and David had the Chicago title is mm -hmm. the anchor tenant there. Um, they've since that building has since sold. Um, so yeah, we were able to build the project and for them, it was an investment. Um, they, they sold it off cause it was an investment. Then I kept, kept mine. So. Nice. Yeah, man. I remember when I, so I came from the Tri-Cities, so I, I moved here July, 2018 when I first came to Kenwick and I remember just driving down that street and that was around that time when they were starting to build. I mean, maybe a year later or yeah. whatever it was, 2019 or yeah. 2019. And so I was passing by, I was like, at the, in the beginning, it was just land, right? Yeah. And every time I would pass by and. The last time that I went by there, I was like, whoa, like what? this escalated are, real quick. What are these crazy guys doing? And it's different because it's <laughs> modern. It's yeah. a different look. It's such a like beautiful design. Well, and thank so you so much. And yeah, and as a builder, they tend, you know, my wife and I, we kind of lean that direction. And, and so, and so do they as a builder. And so it was just a, it was just a great fit. And I'm super thankful to them. We could not have done it without them. Yeah, so. no, that's great. And, and you said something that you wouldn't have been able to do by your own. And I, I was just talking, I can't remember who I was talking to yesterday. I was like, man, I remember like, oh, I was talking to a buddy and he's like, yeah, man, like I want to start my own business. And I was like, you know what, man? I was like, whatever you need, because it's, it's, it's not a big business that he's starting up right now. And so I was like, whatever you need, whether it's financially or whether it's connections, like reach out to me. Because I remember when I was starting A&A &A and I was just trying to get my foot in the door, like it, I would not have what I have right now if it wasn't for Alan and Stacey. Either. Yeah. Yeah. For them to sell or finance the business, to have that trust, to like think like, well, what if he goes bankrupt? Like then we're out. Yeah. Our business, you know? Absolutely. No. And I think that's the thing too. And it takes like, you know, it takes like a few years to realize that and figure and figure that out. But the mentors and for me, that's what traveling did for me, because you know, if we, and I think getting out of your market and getting into a peer, like a mentorship group that is outside of your market, because at, at the end of the day, when you look at the setup, um, people in your own market, a lot of times there's very few, there are some amazing individuals in Tri-Cities that even if you're in your own market, they will help you as much as they can. But I would say that's a little bit rare because most people have what's called a scarcity mindset. Yes. And so where they think there's not enough business for ev for everybody to go around. And especially if that's like in your backyard and in your market. 
And so the interesting thing about it is like if you go to Spokane or Seattle or Texas or California, those agents, like if we're talking real estate agents or roofers or, or they're a lot like you are. And so, and they're very willing to share to help you because they feel there's a camaraderie there. So I always tell people is go to another market, find an industry group that you can network with people because those will become some of your best friends and best mentors throughout, you know, throughout your career. So I was very, very fortunate. And even there were folks in Spokane, there was, um, there was a gentleman up there that back in 05, 06, Bruce Hardy to this day, um, he was running probably the most at the time, the most successful team in Washington. And he was in Spokane and he's a Keller Williams agency and I'm not affiliated with Keller Williams. I'm independent, but at the time he, he just invited me up for three days and I'll never forget those three days. And he's like, Lance, just come up, follow me around for three days and it will totally change your life. And so, and, and it did, and it did. I mean, he, he gave me all of his systems. He showed me how he was running his That's team. Crazy. I mean, he was super, super giving and, and you know what? He didn't ask for, he didn't ask for anything in return. It was just like, you know, we were at a, a conference together. We had some mutual friends together. And he's like, if you want to know this stuff, come up there. And then later, you know, in our careers, we had, I had referrals that would go to Spokane and back and forth. And there was some business that got done, but it, it really was, it was really just a friendship thing. And he, he really kind of launched us at that point to say like, man, this, I could then, it became real to me. You know, I got some great tips and, and stuff that he was doing, but I could see how it would work. Yeah. So you said scarcity mindset. And it's like, yeah, I was just talking to, um, last time we were recording, I was talking, I'm like, the the point of this podcast as well is like, this Tri-Cities is such a, like a special, has such a special place in my heart. Cause like, this is where like, I, I got my first business and I just love the community. It's like the biggest, smallest town I've ever been a part of. Right. That's the way <laughs> yes. that I look, that's the way that I look at it. And it's like, but I feel like there's so much like, even with like in the roofing industry, like there's guys that are calling L and I on each other. There's guys that are like talking bad. You know, you go to a customer's house and like, oh, you don't want that guy for this reason. And it's like, man, like, even if I wanted all of the work in the Tri-Cities, I wouldn't want it because I wouldn't be able to keep up with that much work. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes. With yeah. that much headache. Like there's so much work to go around. And so if we just have that abundance mindset, we can pass referrals to each other. Hey, I'm too busy. Do you want this? Hey, I'm too busy for that. Do you want and my biggest referral came from one of those one of those deals is like, hey, yeah, we're too busy. Would you take this on? It was like, absolutely. And so I feel like if we get that abundance mindset, like the biggest people that have made the the most impact in my life had that type of mindset. Like you said, he never asked for money. He never asked for anything. It was just, hey, follow me around and, and it'll it'll change your life. And going out of your market, for sure, my biggest growth in my business, I remember was going to a roofing retreat, leadership retreat in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah, see, that's exact. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I didn't know that about you before coming on the show and, and learning that. But I'm not I'm not surprised by that at all. Like it just it is, you know, number one is, you know, I was raised, you know, even back when I went to college um, on the west side of the state at Pacific Lutheran University. But one of the biggest things that I left from college is the theme of our class was becoming a lifelong learner. They always told me they're like, I don't care what you learn in this class or tomorrow, as long as you learn the fact that when you leave here, don't stop learning. See, a lot of people, they feel like they've learned their trade, right? And then they go to work in that trade 
and then that's all that's all they that's all they ever know or and you know or they you know you become an engineer but a lot of people if they're going like to higher levels they're always like what's changing with the technology how can i do this engineering better you know what can i learn about my health etc like if you stop if you become stagnant and stop learning then i think the growth stops so becoming a lifelong learner was the best thing that I ever learned. That's good. So that I'm always like, okay, I'm done with college. Now I need to go to this conference. I need to, I need to go to this class. I needed to get this additional certification. Um, it doesn't stop. One of the things that they said in, in, in Gatlinburg was, you know, it's, it's self-worth before net worth, yeah. you know, type of deal. <laughs> That's good. I like that. And so, yeah. but I, I remember, I remember seeing it on Facebook and uh, some guy shared it on a roofing page and was like, it's free. It's a three-day retreat. It's paid for in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the catch to this, you know? And so I kind of, like, was looking at it. I called him up, and he's like, yeah, like, you just got to make your way down here, and we'll take care of you. And yeah. I was, like, trying to find reviews. Or, like, yeah, I was like, super sketched yeah, out. Like, you're like, I'm not going to go all the way to, to Knoxville. Yeah. Knoxville, drive 45 minutes to Gatlinburg, yeah. and then, like, show up, and I get mugged, you know, or whatever. Right. And so I just went on faith at that point. Yeah. And so... We get there, and sure as heck, they had everything set up, and it, the, the next three days were just, like, one of the most impactful times of my life. I remember one night we were sitting around this bonfire, and they were kind of, everybody was sharing their stories. And I remember, man, just, like, the first person that I thought about was my pops because the things that were being said that, that night was just, like, man, like, I'm the only child, right? But, like, my dad, me and him butt had so much growing up, so much but like everything now in hindsight was like, thank you so much for not being soft on me. Thank you so much yeah. for like calling me out. Thank you so much for kicking me out my junior year so I could realize that I needed <laughs> to respect your rules if I was yeah. living in your home. Yeah. And so I came back and you were like, you're on fire. You're like, I came from Gatlinburg and I saw these other, you know, companies. And it's like, now I'm in Tri-Cities. Like, I want to bring this to my market. I want to yeah. bring this influence and, you know, type of deal like you did. Like, you were in Cali and came back and implemented it here. So when was the Kenmore team born and how was it born? So I was, um, once again, it's mentors that were in my life. I was super, super fortunate. So, um, so I came back from college and um, I was... You know, I went straight into, I grew up in a farming business. I'm just a, I'm just a farm kid, you mm. know? And so. In Tri-Cities? or uh, Yeah, north of, north of Pasco. And, you know, my dad's still actively, actively farming. And then I'm also a financial partner in some of those, in some of those businesses. And so it, it, th that's where I kind of learned, I think, work ethic. Yeah. And, and you can always, you know, you can outwork a lot of problems. It's not, it's not the overall solution, but it's a foundation. You know, um, because there, there is, there's a lot that goes along with that and work, you know, a lot of people like say work smarter, not harder. The problem with that is in today's social media, too much of it get lo gets lost in work smarter and they forgot the other half of that equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it's, some of people think it's work smarter, never work. And that does, and that <laughs> doesn't work. That, that does not work. And so, um, so I learned kind of the basis of that hard work, came back. I was in agriculture um, full time um, for the first three years, but I've always been a multiple source of income person. I took a lot of real estate classes in um, college. And so I was running a lawn care business at night too. So I was farming, running a lawn care business at night. And I was, doing, huh? I was doing the lawns at, uh, um, at a real estate company here in town. 
Um, and there's an amazing, I would, I would call him just, you know, legend in the Tri-Cities real estate, Jeff Presby. He owned, it's now Berkshire Hathaway okay. um, and his son runs at Paul Presby. And so they're just, you know, fantastic people. And, and Jeff, you know, he literally came out of the office and said, I don't, he said, didn't you get a college degree? And I said, yes. And he said, why are you mowing the lawns? <laughs> He's like, I can tell you, I can teach you how to sell one or two houses and you'll make way more. And so he's like, come in here, get signed up for the test. I mean, he pretty much drugged me in. And so... You are how old at the time? Oh, so I was probably 22. Oh. Wow. Yeah, you know. And so, and I'm like, yeah, I took classes. That This is easy stuff for me to do. And so... You know, I took the real estate test and then I did start. Originally, I said I was only going to take the test to look for investments because I was still farming full time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I took the test. I started to look around for investments through the MLS and get to know real estate in the processes. And then I started selling a couple houses to like friends and family. Um, took a look, really liked it. Like I just, it was something that came easy for me. I had always been interested in sales when I was in college to get through college. I sold shoes at Nordstrom's. Um, and that's where I really like learned sales techniques was through Nordstrom's. And then, um, and then just kind of, it just kind of went right into that. And so Farming was, this was, things were a little what rough. What type of farming for a farming community? Big agricultures like sweet corn, potatoes, okay. field corn, tractors, you, you know, irrigated agriculture in our nice. area. And so it was interesting. I went to, you know, after a couple of years, I went to my, you know, my dad and I were talking about stuff and, you know, the, probably it was really cool. Like you talk about your parents giving you a lot of good advice. And, and my dad said, you know, he said, hey, if we can have multiple streams of income and you know, we can, I can run an ag business and you can run a real estate business and we can still keep um, some of this together, then I think we'll be better off at the end of the day um, with multiple streams of income. And so he said, you go to town, run that, keep track of this other stuff financially. Um, and at the end of the day, both like got better be because of it. And so that was probably 05, 06 when um, I was a full-time real estate agent um, working with the mentor with Jeff Presby, he kind of taught me the business. And it was about two years later then I was, you know, I just started out an agent on my own, but that's when I really started to see the trends of the teams developing. Mm -hmm. So I started to figure out how can I hire an agent under me? How can I have an assistant to help me with the paperwork? Like, how can I make this process more efficient? Because it was terribly inefficient. Like the singular agent model, I believe to be like terribly inefficient. Um, now there's people that will totally disagree with me and they will be, they'll listen to this and be like, well, you don't get great customer service and you can't control every, every piece of the transaction. And I'm responsible for every last detail. And that's, was amazing maybe back then. I don't think so now because I can tell you a couple different things. I can't fly a drone. I can't take professional pictures. Um, if I if I start to do a large amount of volume, I'm terrible at the paperwork. But I'm a, I'm a fantastic negotiator. I know a deal when I see it. I'm great at bringing people on opposite sides of the table together. How can I just do those three things all day? And that's when we really started to get the team concept specialization in place. Trust um, all the whole Yeah, sort of and that's why that's why we built the team. And so, you know, as as the industry, as things became more complicated, 
a certain level of specialization had to happen to make it work, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and so I, I remember listening from Elon Musk one time. He's like, you know, a lot of people, they want to be the smartest person in that room. He's like, but I'm okay with not being the smartest person in the room. And that's why I hire the right people yeah. to be in those positions. And I was talking with a friend last night, and he's like, you know what? Like, I, in the next five or ten years, like, I want to own my own business because I want to and he started talking about the about the nuts and bolts I want to know how to do this I want to know how to do that and I was like you know what I was like I think you have the right idea but just know it doesn't have to be five ten years from now it could be in three months or in a year because I'll tell you <laughs> what I said I never personally I've never installed one shingle in my life yeah I've never put one insulation plate yeah. in a flat roof but I hired people that were very very good at what they did and I had the trust and we developed this friendship where I was like I'm paying you to do this. I trust you to do this. If you need any help from me with whatever I can, call me. But ever since then, like, I don't have to be involved in every little piece of my business. No, I, I understand. And, and I, I'm actually blown away and excited and for you that you have figured that out at such a young age. Um, because I probably would have a business five or six times, you know, bigger if I had, you know, done that at, at your age, but it's, it, you know, it's hard, like, right. It's hard to give up control, like, yeah. and you become known. I also think there's some ego involved mm -hmm. with that too. And that was, um, and I had really good on top of great mentors, um, I, I've always kept a business coach. Like I grew up like even in college. So I was on, um, I was on like a national, like, ro like rowing team. So we would go okay. my, my college, we would go compete. And we, and so I was one of those, I was a farm kid. Right. So when I saw a sport that said, you got up at 4am, I just thought I should do that. Like that one movie, what's it called? The famous one where they row and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, there, so there's, so I would grew up rowing and being coached and I just, I didn't want to stop being coached. And so I've always kept a business coach as well, but uh, the business coach all the time is saying like, you can't control, like wanting to control every detail like that. There's some ego involved because you do want to say like, man, I'm the best at that, but you you really probably aren't. And so a lot of times we have to tell people, um, and they're shocked all the time. Like people will call me and be like, hey, I need to get a price on this house um, and I'll, I'll start to schedule the appointment and I'll be like, Hey, um, okay. Like, so we need to get Alex out there to like, give you the narrow down the exact price. And they're like, and so sometimes they'll be like, well, why aren't you coming out? And sometimes I laugh because depending upon where the house is and stuff, I tell them, I'm like, you do not want me coming. Like I am not the right guy to be out right. there. Like I'll screw it up. Like Alex knows that section of West Richland better than anybody. And he's had like 14, you know, personal sales there in the last three months. And so I'm going to send him out for that, for that position. And, and you know, when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have said that, but exactly. you, you, I'll be out there right I'll now. I'll be out there. Yeah. No one can price that. No one can price that as good as I can. Right. Right. Uh, you know, we grow up, we grow up a little bit and I get coached enough and, and then people, you know, build that trust and confidence and then you let, you let them grow with it. And so you, so you finally, you, you realize the, the team and the process and stuff like that. And so then when did you say the Kenmore team, this is, this is going to be. This yeah. Is so be we it. grew up in the, we grew up in the, you know, Prudential and then Berkshire network. And it, you know, there, there just became a point where there were certain things we wanted to do 
and and have in our local market that a national franchise wouldn't wouldn't allow. Mm -hmm. So we started to, you know, we started to roll out some programs that were you know, slightly controversial for our area. They weren't nationally because like I said, I traveled a lot to see what guys were doing. And so another one of my mentors in Phoenix was rolling out the guaranteed sale program, which was like, if I don't sell your house, I'll buy it. Um, and so that was really scary to a lot of people because it was not in our market before. So the national brands that, and the franchise that I was under, they didn't want us running those those types of programs. And so it, it became a thing where we would modify them a little bit, um, but there was a lot of layers of administration to get to a yes, and I needed to be there faster to implement some of that. So, so we just got to a point where to grow further, we had to um, put our name on the door and become our, you know, become our own broker. And it's, you know, it's pretty rare. We're the largest independent um, company in the Tri-Cities mm -hmm. now. Um, a lot of people are affiliated with national franchises. Mm -hmm. So you'll see like your KW or Coldwell Banker, or Remax, you know, Compass, some of these newer new ERAs back in the area, some of these newer ones. But um, with technology that's out there now, I believe we're way more nimble and make faster decisions when we're making localized decisions and we can give national exposure with technology. Now the, you know, the web, the internet, you know, Instagram, Facebook, it's changed that dramatically to where we can make, I believe, faster, better decisions for our clients and keep our costs down by being independent. So I'm gonna go back a little bit now. So where, when did you, where and when did you and Karen meet? Oh man, we we met in college. Okay, yeah, at, Pac at Pacific at Pacific Lutheran okay. over there in over there in Tacoma. Um, she we had mutual friends. She was an athlete also, so we were both stayed over. We stayed over a break. I think it was spring break because we both had to train. So we were there for crew, and she was there for soccer, and incredible soccer player. And they were living in a house off campus, and their house got. I should thank, you know, thievery. Their house got broken into. You should think. And so, um, so we had mutual friends and they, they were a house of girls and they're like, hey, would you guys come and stay over in case like they come back or they were scared? <laughs> I mean, I'm in college, right? right. I mean, girls are inviting sure, us to stay sure, over that. Sure, when does this sure, happen? Sure, so sure. our mutual friends, I was the first guy to sign up. You don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> so, so, um, so we went over there and um, yeah, we just hit it off right away. Nice. And both athletes, both hard workers and... Super. You guys graduated at the same time? Yeah, I graduated at the same time. So she, she'll be so mad I said this. She needed an extra half semester because she changed her major midway. <laughs> and I was like, I think I can do this in three and a half instead of four. <laughs> and so I sped up um, so that I could graduate at the same time. Nice. Yeah. And so. so ever since then, the rest is history. So then you got you got two kids, a boy. Yep. And a, yeah. Two kids, um, they're just, they're absolutely incredible. I mean, that was really, you know, I, I love being a parent. Like it, it became my, you know, number one job, you know, I, I like to say. And sometimes that's probably mistaken. You know, you should, your spouse should be maybe sure, your number sure. one, but it's right there. One, two, right? I heard this one time. It's like your, your, your wife is a, ch a chandelier and your kids are the light bulbs. Eventually you have to change them out and pack them out and they <laughs> yes, go, but exactly. your wife stays. Right? Exactly. And that's what I've got. That's what we're, you know, we just went through that. Both of them are off to college. Um, 
they, you know, we were, we're big proponents of athletics. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we came from that background. Um, so our kids were super, super high level hockey players. Um, and my son, unfortunately, my wife and I are like, 510 and 52 so he did not get enough height. Sure. Um so he plays club but he's going to a great university Southern Methodist down in Texas. Right. And then my daughter got a D1 scholarship to play hockey oh, and cool. so she's off to Boston. Oh, we need to talk cuz this just blew my mind and like it just I it so me being the only child like my parents knew where I was anywhere any time of the yeah. day, right? Yeah let alone spend the night at a friend's house was like, yeah, I don't think so. Like you're staying at your house. Cause that's where you type of traditional. And so I remember you were like, yeah, I just got back from Canada. I'm like, Oh, what were you doing up there? And you said you were at a graduation. Yeah. I was like, Oh, your, your daughter graduated from college. And you're like, no, she just graduated from high school. Yeah. And you were like long pause, long yeah, pause I was like, on the phone. Yeah. Don't you live in tri cities? Yeah. So that so was, it's, speak on that because it just blows me the level of trust that you had to have, the how hard it was on you and your wife. But now to see the fruit on the tree after that, she's now you know live gonna live her the dreams that because she brought it to you, right? Yeah, and so that's that that's what I talk about a lot. Like that, I think the missing piece when we talked about the hard work portion in there, um, I I think the missing piece that you know, in today's, you know, Instagram society or TikTok society, you know, we're getting, and don't get me wrong, I love both of them, but we're getting 20 or 30 minute, you know, chunks because our attention spans have come to that point. And so I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, the amount of sacrifice that comes into those, into those choices. And so when a kid, you know, comes to you and, and looks like, are you, what's your end goal here? Are you doing this to, you know, are you doing this to go to the Olympics? Are you doing this to go to college? You know, are you doing this, you know, to gain additional skill? And so, so the reality of, you know, the reality of the situation, if you look at, say, the ice hockey world, is that, you know, is that you're going to have roughly 25,000 female ice skaters in the U.S., which isn't a lot. Um, and then, but percentage wise, it's a high amount. So you're already like, man, that's not a lot, you know, when we start to, you know, we start to break that down per state. Mm -hmm. And then you look that only, you know, only 8,000 of those are roughly going to have a chance to, you know, even play in college. And then when we go down to the division one level, you look at that as we're only getting like, we're only getting, so there's roughly 130 roster spots for freshmen each year wow. in that, in that in that arena. And so you're like, okay, we're going to have to do something crazy to, to be there. And so, so we had played, Mia was a great skater. Um, early on she got, you know, we, we would take her to skating camps, you know, in the summer. And so we would go to Canada, really work on the fundamentals. Like you need to. And so once again, it was kind of like I ran my business. Right. And so it was like, okay, who's doing, you know, who is teaching the fundamentals of skating? Well, it's not, it's not any, I mean, there are a couple in Tri-Cities and I don't want to take away from three sure. or four individuals, right. but for the most part, we're not producing a crap ton of amazing ice hockey players, you know, going D1 out of Tri-Cities. Right. Um, like there was like four in the last two years, you know? So it's like, okay, well, we need to go to Canada then because, you know, all of their girls skate. Mm -hmm. So we started going to camps and talking to people and, and making that trip up there and she learned the fundamentals. But you're right. The trust factor was... Like she realized at the end of like her eighth grade year, 
um, that she had been playing with boys. So, and that's a whole nother conversation. But up until that point, she always played on high level boys teams, which was fundamental in her training. Like train with somebody that's better than mm-hmm. you are. So for her, it was the fact she always skated with boys. They were bigger, stronger, faster. So she had to find a way to be um, stronger and faster in mm-hmm. those in those situations and make smarter choices. And so she always did. So that was great training. But she knew somebody either told her at one of these camps or she had decided in her mind, she came to us and she said, I want to play girls hockey and I want to play in college. Like, that's what she said. And so Karen and I just looked at each other. And at first we were kind of like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Do it. And she's like, well, no, that means like I want to go to one of these academies next year. And Karen and I, like, I see my wife looks at me and we're like, well, that, no, you don't understand, honey. That means you have to move, like, to do that. And she's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And we're like, oh, God, are you, like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And so that was hard, right? Like, I, you think you, I think I always tell people, you know, accidents happen and time happens. And parents hate it when I talk to them about this, but I lost, you know, in my mind, I lost my girl four years early. Yes. You know, like, my parenting... You know, my parenting to that point, I did. I thought I had four more years, and then it was gone. You know, so her freshman, sophomore, freshman, junior, sophomore, senior. junior, senior. I'm not going to be there every day, and so yeah. So we had oh, to look into the goodness. programs, and the, so when I when I talk to people that have girls in sixth grade or kids or boys, I look at moms and dads when I'm with them, and I say. And I say, man, you only have your son for two more years. What's the next two years look like for you? And they're like, well, they think I'm crazy. They're like, well, no, that's not even possible. And I said, no, well, it, was, it happened to me. What, what happens in two years if your son's gone or leaves or your daughter's not? You're like, what are you going to do the next two years to prepare them for that? And it really, like, makes it real. Most of them, they, they, their moms start crying. Dads are like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is too much. You know, or they say they're not ready. They can't do it. You know, and I love these podcasts of like uh, Cameron Haynes. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen some of his stuff? Yeah. He's a hunter out yeah. of Oregon, probably one of the best bow hunters in the world. Joe Rogan talks about him on his podcast, but he talks about his kids and he says, man, people, I get comments on social media. I'm, my boys are out hiking and hunting and they think it's too much and they can't handle it. And he says, I'm never going to put my kids in a situation I don't think they can handle but I am going to work. I am going to, I am going to put them in a situation. If I do think they can handle it, I'm going to let them go into that situation. And I think his son just two months ago or a month ago, I just saw some update. I think he beat David Goggins pull up record. You oh know, my God. His young, one, one of his sons. And so, you know, Cameron talks about that with parents is just like, you know, let your kids have some of those challenging situations. And and for us, it did work. I'm not going to say there wasn't like some hard, hard things that happened in that situation if I look back. So so our kid was in Canada during the pandemic when all of the borders got shut down. Mm. So we went and got her before that happened, brought her home, and then and then she was ready to go back. She was allowed back on a study permit. No one in the world, none of us knew that the travel ban was going to last for over, you know, over a year. And so there was basically a year period where she was in Canada and we were not allowed to see her because we could not cross the border. We d- there was no exemptions. There was no. 
So that was tough, right? That made it that made a tough situation now even harder. And so And so you you and your wife talked about it and yeah. you guys said we're not gonna be the reason why our daughter doesn't yeah. get D one. Exactly. As hard as this is, we trust her and we yep. think we did a good job parenting to this point. And yep. now we just gotta give her that trust. Yeah, and then I mean we were intimately involved in pre pandemic. We were traveling up there every other week and finding a way that sometimes I couldn't go because of business and mm -hmm. Karen would go and we would switch off and yeah, and so, but we knew she could handle it at the same time, like that we talked about, and, you know, and Cameron Haynes says, like, it, each kid, you have to kind of evaluate the differences there, but it, it was an option of she can handle it, so. Yeah. And her brother was very supportive, too, which was super cool to see. He had played high-level hockey. If he was taller, he probably would have made it himself. You know, the numbers are a little harder for boys. Yeah, There's a lot sure. of amazing You're tall athletes. Six, five yeah, dudes uh, from the country uh, that are just not So it right. was super cool to see him. We talk about that positivity. Um, it was super cool to see he is, like, her biggest cheerleader. It's pretty awesome to That's see. That's cool. Yeah. I'm the only child, so I can't relate to that. But, yeah. like, so, like, you being the dad, you know, both your kids are in college now, and so – the podcast was, is like the whole point of this podcast too was like, man, I just really wanted to put some content out there for the younger generation. Cause yes, yes. There's a huge void, I feel like. Yep. Between, hey, you go to college or you get into trades. And I don't feel like anybody should be belittled because they choose not to go to college. They want to do a trade. Yeah. That's what they're good at. So, what, as you, you know, as you, um, Helped your kids with certain decisions and, and and shared some of your insight. What would you tell to you know the people that are coming out of high school, not maybe sure what they want to do or they're going into college? Like, what's from your experiences that you've seen? What would you you know kind of? I know it's kind of a broad topic, but like some of the main things that no, you would I th say. I think some of the big things out there that that I would say is find an opportunity to um, get some different experiences, right? So. Um, so try a couple different things, but the big thing is I would say become self-sufficient as, as fast as possible. Like some of the stuff you can't learn until you're just on, until you're on your own. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, you know, get, get out of the house, like get out from under the roof, uh, you know, of, of your parents, even if it's in the same town, I would say experience what it's like to live in a in a cheap apartment, you know, you know, or to rent a singular room from somebody else. That's not your parents. You, you know, get out there and, and as fast as you can look at what self-sufficiency looks like there. And then I would say, find a mentor that can help guide you in that situation. It's really difficult to figure a bunch of this stuff out on your own. And it exactly. takes a lot longer. And so I think if, when you're looking, you will find a mentor, you know, if you, if you prepare your brain to say, um, is there somebody that can help show me something? Um, if you're willing to put in the work at the same time, that person will show up, will show up. What do they say? Life. When the, when the student is ready, the teacher will Yeah, appear. that's the, that's exactly right. You know, and so, you know, and there was a lot made of like the law of attraction, you know, they say. And the law of attraction, you know, is like, you know, it's kind of that whole thing. Like, if you think that you can, you're right. Meaning, like, if you're like, I want to find a mentor, you will find one if that's the mindset you're going from. The biggest portion to remember with the law of attraction is built into that word is action. 
And so if you, mm. if you have that mindset and then you take steps and action to move forward, it's going to happen. So I guess I, I got to ask this question because for me, like, I feel like my biggest thing when I was a senior in high school, uh, I got associated with Worldwide Dream Builders and the Amway Corporation. Yeah. And that's kind of, but I, I loved the leadership and everything that I learned from Worldwide Dream Builders. But one thing was like, you're a product of your, so you're a product of your association. Yeah. Who you're around is who you're going to be. You choose your top three friends. You're going to have the average lifestyle of them. And then, so I really adopted that and man, it made a huge difference in my life personally but as you as a parent did you really monitor like who your kids were around and who they kind of yeah hung out with or yeah we 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 did you know they have to make some mistakes and and see what that and see what that looks like but no but we did i mean we did stuff like you know and people talk about this like a lot like there i wanted them to you know, I wanted them to go to a certain school because I saw that the test results at that school, you know, were the highest. So it was like, how can I get, you know, when the time comes, how can I get to that school district? You know, what's the plan for me to buy a house there? And if I can't afford that house, can is there an apartment in that school district that we can go to or a townhouse that we can find, you know, to get there? And so we were, so we were definitely wanting to put them in that environment of, you know, of like-minded, you know, like-minded students that were achieving high results. Because like you said, you do become an average of, like they said, like I think you said three and I, I've read five, you know, so you, if you look at the five people around you, um, they start to be challenged in that situation. And so I think we just had to teach our kids, like if there was somebody that didn't have that mindset and was bringing you down, um, doesn't mean they're a bad person, sure, but right. they're not right for the majority of the time that you're going to, that you're going to be spending. Yeah. A couple of the things that I've always just kind of had in the back of my head was like, you hang around with three millionaires and you're the only one that's not a millionaire. You'll eventually get there. Yeah. And if you hang around the barbershop long enough, you'll eventually get a haircut. You know, yeah, like, see, my biggest thing is I need to hang around with skinnier people because, <laughs> because see, so that's what I'm lacking right now. I know, I know this is a podcast, but there's some video that goes along with it. Like, yeah. I need to hang around with, like, somebody, you know, that is way skinnier <laughs> than I ever, or five of them. But it's that thing, all right? Like, if you go to the gym and you're hanging out with people that go to the gym and then you start talking about what you eat and stuff, like, it just you know, you naturally start to, that becomes what you focus on and what people are talking about. And so it's constantly just in your brain. And I agree so much because man, one month ago, just one month, literally on the 24th of June, it was a month. But prior to that, I was the heaviest I've ever been. I was like 199.8. And I remember stepping on the scale. I'm like, I'm not breaking too. Yeah. And I've always been athletic. I did, you know, three sports throughout high school all the time, football, basketball, and track. And so you get caught up in business and you're on the go and Crispito yeah. and Gatorade and Red Bull and whatever, and you forget about your health. And then you're like, oh, I let myself go and it's too hard. I don't have time to go to the gym and stuff like that. But I started hanging out with Mike. He uh, is the founder of the Big Bro Joe Foundation. And the guy has like muscles in his muscles, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so I'm just like, dang. And so he's like, come on, work out with me. you know. And so we started on May 24th. And he's like, I just need you to follow this plan. Yep. Follow this plan your protein shake, whatever he gave me and stuff yep. like that. He's like, but I need you to follow it. So I'm like, okay, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. So I'm just going to try it one month. Yep. June 24th, three days ago or whatever, I was 
from 199 to I was 185. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I went from 29% body fat to 27.7. Yeah. You know, just minor, but it was in one month, just from being, um, I would just say intentional with what I was eating and yeah. with what I was doing throughout my day. Water, a gallon of water, man, I was pulling over at every gas station. But... 80, yeah, they say like 80% of it's in the kitchen. And yeah. so like you followed those results and that's how you can, you know, and that's when the smarter part comes into play, right? Like, so people say, you know, work smarter, not harder. Like it's both, right? Like that wasn't easy, like what you did, but you knew like 80% of the results are going to come in the kitchen and with eating. And so you're like, I'm going to focus on that. Yeah, I'm doing the workouts and that makes me feel good, but I'm going to focus on that. But you had to do it for 30 days. Yeah, And, and like you said, you had to pull over and, mm -hmm. you know, use the restroom all the time. But And so my, my dad and my mom are still from Boardman and I'm the only child and my mom, since I was in fifth grade, growing up throughout high school, there was never one day during the school week that my mom didn't have breakfast ready for me. Whether it was, I mean, I'm talking about like a, a full course breakfast, not just cereal or whatever, like pancakes oh, or whatever. Yes. And so like she still does that. She sends it with my dad from Boardman. My dad show up because my dad's my project manager, runs all my right. trailers and stuff like that. My dad will show up to my house first, drop it off at the front door. So I'll have my coffee and whatever. Tortillas is like a Mexican thing. Oh, so yeah. I told my mom, you got to stop sending me yes. this please for a month like just let me and so she's like what are you eating she'd call me have you ate yet you know it's like i'm good like i'm good don't worry and so right but that's hard though and a yeah. lot of people run into that like that was probably her love language with yeah. you too and you had to make that really hard decision like man i know that's my mom's love language she gets a lot out of you know feeding me and saying that to me and i gotta call her and tell her not to do it like that's not an easy call and so like you had to make a decision to do that and, and you know, it worked out in the case, but yeah. it's promoting your health and right. you look great. True. Appreciate that. Now I'm, now I'm inspired by being here. So, <laughs> so we have the same number, like 200. <laughs> like when I yeah. hit that, I'm always like, okay, I got to do something. Yeah. So, yeah. um, where you're at in your current, you know, in, in your life, you know, your kids out in college, you know, you and Karen are, you know, together all the time now. And maybe that was the case around when yep. your daughter left, but with your current milestones, and I was asking this really, like, where are you at with your, like, what do you want to achieve? What milestones do you want to achieve if you haven't already done them? Because just with the Kenmore team and the property management side, like, that's just a huge achievement there. But, like, is there other personal goals that you want to do outside of real estate and type of deal or, or what? Yeah, so we're, um, so so it's, it's, it's really interesting to say this at this time, but we're, we're still in a massive growth mode. And a lot of people say, you know, like mindset wise, that might just be always, always who we are. Um, but it, it does start to, it does start to change a little bit because you start to think um, longer term and legacy and um, the potential of, you know, family being in the business long term. And so, you know, right now, like the cool thing is, is we are starting to create you know, we are starting to create other teams within our team. So, and we are growing, you know, growing some leaders now, leadership within our organization. So the cool thing is now is the big focus is like, I can teach, you know, I can teach other people in our organization, you know, what it takes to go to the next level, whether that be income wise or, or even, even health wise, because there's now leaders in our organization that are better at those things that, than I am. And so, I can teach the overall crafting of the leadership skills and help them and coach them. And so now for me, it becomes like growth in our leadership, you know, within our organization, we can bring on individual agents and positions and stuff, and we can develop a great life for you. But we're also now developing, 
big time leaders within our organization. And that's, that's a focus for me and a different, a little bit of a different skill set, you know, a, a little bit. And so I'm working on doing a better job with that and the leadership sure. team. But, but yeah, we're still in a big growth mode because um, our team size is probably only at about half of what it should be on the residential sales side. And then, um, and then we're in a massive growth and acquisition mode for um, our property management company too. And we've been out, um, you know, we've been out looking for opportunities and making offers on other, in other markets as well. Mm. So now we're starting to grow outside, outside of Tri-Cities. So. Like outside of Washington or just Yeah, outside, outside of-, of Washington. Yeah, we've nice. been um, right now West Coast, but we've been looking at um, West Coast options, but you got to make these business evaluations take time and due diligence and you know, it's, I, I it's treat not it, one day from another. No, I treat it a lot like real estate too, you know, real estate investing and stuff. And I mean, you might make, you might make, you might look at a hundred, make offers on 10 and get one. And so that's difficult, right? Evaluate a hundred opportunities, make offers on 10 and you might get one. A lot of people are not willing to do that. So you started talking about this, you know, your, your mindset is to start developing the leaders within your organization and yep. really helping them. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people want to do that so they can maybe either still very be involved or just step away and have them kind of run the show. But I feel like a lot of business owners don't do that because they go, well, what if he starts his own business or what yeah. if he does everything? I, why would I waste my time? So then they go on and do their own things. Like what's your mindset on that? Oh, that's a hard one, man. That, that, that is a, that is a, that is a work in progress, right? Like, and it's gotta be, it's gotta be a good fit. Like you do have to provide value. So I feel like if I'm showing up every day and providing value, then they, then they will stay with our, with our organization. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, if I'm not that person for them, um, then they need to go find, they need to go find that. Like I would want the, I would want the same thing. And I always go back to, I play devil's advocate and put me in that position where I'm always like, what wasn't I getting when I needed to, you know, become independent? What wasn't I getting from the franchises? Um, that, and then I try to provide that same value back to people in our organization. And so, and, and then two, a lot of it's feedback, like asking them, what do you, what do you need from me? And two, and then just, um, I mean, I network, I'm still, like I said, I'm still in those industry groups, but I'm also in non-industry groups where we meet once a month, um, with, you know, people with other businesses. And we talk about, we talk about what should I be doing to get that value and, and true accountability where somebody I'll bring up an idea and somebody I'm in a room with five or six guys that can say to me like, Lance, that is a, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> or why did you do that? That was so, that was stupid, you right. know? And so, and so I, I think just continuing, I've learned a lot from being around those guys that have two, 300, 500 employees and how they handle things and getting myself into a position to be able to act like that as and, well. And you've had that probably that maybe multiple people that were pretty big in your business yeah. throughout the years that maybe have left have because left. Yep. a better position or at, at that time, like it's hard. It's you know? so hard. And I do, I take things, I have a tendency to take things, you know, pretty personally, but that's part of our culture as well. Like, like I want people to have a family member type, of, you know, type of culture. And that is, 
you know, that's the culture that we have. And that's what I'm instilling with our leadership team. And that's not, that's not right for everybody, you know, but it does, it does hurt. It always takes me, well, maybe some people it takes longer, but it always takes me an afternoon or a day or two to really, you know, yeah, no, knocking on wood. I haven't had that. I haven't had that yet, but I can see that happening down the road where like I have a key employee and it's like, man, like I don't want you to leave. Right. And it's like, my mindset was like, man, if you have people leaving your organization, it's one, they just, they're not happy where they're at Two, you're not paying them enough money. But for me, like, that's not the case. Like I pay my guys very well and we have a really good relationship, but I just know that there's going to be a point in, in time where they just want to do their own thing. Yep. And exactly. Anything that you can do to beg them or to stay in, it's just one of those things that you kind of. Yeah. And I still talk with, I still talk with a lot of those people, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. I've mm-hmm. got some great, you know, very healthy competitors in the market and, you know, and I got a text from one this weekend. I think she sent me a screenshot of an ad we had at a golf course. And she's like, I think she said something like, can I go anywhere and not see you? <laughs> and I, and you know, and I texted back and said, oh my gosh, how are the kids? You know, cause I'm getting so used cool. to seeing him. And so, you know, we just have that, we just have that relationship and other team members have gone on to be like, real estate wasn't great for them. And they've gone on to be lenders and you know, I just love, I see him around town and I cannot not hug them. And I'm not a hugger, but yeah. when I see him, I want to give him a hug because right. I'm so excited. So, and it's true when they say like never burn a bridge. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, Especially like in your industry, you said when you started, you're like, I think Tri-Cities is like the biggest, littlest town. And I mean, it is like high school here, you know, like <laughs> we, we are very, very connected in the, in the community and there's a lot of long-term relationships that are, that's what makes, that's part of what makes it great to be here. Yeah, no kidding. So no, we'll definitely have to bring Trini on. And uh, that's a, that's a really good suggestion. I've been thinking about. Oh yeah. He's just a monster man. And mindset wise and yeah. And growth wise and stuff, just an absolute. I had no idea you guys were pretty close. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just absolute monster. I, I can't, I can't wait to listen to that show when you do have my, I'm going to call him after this and bug him about getting on here. Yeah, no, sweet. Well, it was a pleasure having you, man. I know we're getting to our time, but okay. I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity and thanks for all the work you send our way. And so much. Well, absolutely. Well, yeah, good luck in what you're doing here. And, uh, this is uh, super professional and awesome. And, Yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens from it and uh, be a subscriber. All right.